Welcome to another episode of Husty Talk. We are your hosts, Matthew, Max, and Logan. Today we have a guest that will give you a different perspective of the Iditarod. Our guest is a handler for four-time Iditarod champion Jeff King. Please welcome to the show, Sean Underwood. Hello, Sean, and welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. Before we start our interview with you, we are going to test your inner Iditarod knowledge. We have five five Iditarod question, trivia questions for you. Ready? Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. Here we go. Hit me with it. Who was the first female champion for the Iditarod? Libby Riddle. Correct. What is the halfway checkpoint for the northern route? Oh, man. That's a good question. Uh, mm. Yeah, I want to phone a friend. Can I phone a friend? Sure. Sure. Yeah. What's the halfway checkpoint for the northern route? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to guess. Um, I know I'm wrong, but I'm going to go McGrath. No, it's Cripple. Cripple? Man, I, yeah. All right. I'll How many minutes? When I get out there. How many minutes apart did the mushers start? Two. Correct. What was used for the very first finishing line? Um, like the actual, like physical line. Yes. Like not like what what counts as the finish? The nose of the dog. You're not asking that, right? Right. Well, uh, the Burled Arch probably wasn't made, but I'm going with Burled Arch. It's Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid? <laughs> wait, wait, hit me with some knowledge. What are we talking about, Kool-Aid? How is that the finish line? Well, they didn't have a finish line. They didn't know what to use. It was just going to end, so they ran into the store real quick, got a little packet of the Kool-Aid powder, and, and sprinkled it down. Boom, finish line. Oh, okay. That's, that's a really cool fact. I'm glad I learned that. Got that one. Who, who has the fastest finish time? Miss Stevie with an asterisk. <laughs> Correct. Good job. You were three out of five on the trivia. Now on to find... Fa- now on to find a little bit more about you. First, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, my name is Sean Underwood. I have been working with sled dogs and mushing for since the fall of 2016. I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, I found my way up here because my aunt and uncle live in Anchorage, and they introduced me to to Jeff King, and I've been running his dogs and working with him um, since four years ago, and I've got to participate in a few Iditarod qualifiers, and in fact, I'm going to race my final qualifier in four days, so he caught me right in the midst of, of uh, prepping for it. What race are you going to be doing? The Yukon uh, Quest 300. What brought you to Alaska? Well, as I mentioned earlier, my aunt and uncle live in Anchorage, and 
I had graduated college, wanted to go see some places, uh, new places in the world, and I knew there was more than Atlanta traffic and humidity. So I called my aunt and uncle, wondering, what the heck are you guys doing all the way up in Alaska? And they told me they're commercial fishermen, and I was like, well, you guys need any help fishing? And they said, yeah, we'll hire you for a season. So I came up there and spent the summer on Kodiak Island, commercial fishing for salmon, and did that for two summers. And at the end of the second summer, I thought, I really like this place, and I wonder what winter's like. And they kept telling me they brought up sled dogs, and I just got excited about it. And they said, why don't you call our friend Jeff and see if he needs anybody? And he did. And uh, he, you know, put me on poop scooping duty for about a year. And then once I got good enough at that, I started getting on the runners and and uh, participating in some races and just had some amazing opportunities here to to work with some of the best sled dogs in the world and meet some of the best um, dog drivers and mushers at all these events we get to go to every year. For this episode, we really want to inform our listeners of what handler is, handlers, handler is. So you are a handler of Jeff King. Can you tell us, can you tell us, our listeners what exactly a handler is? Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, you could, the broadest stroke is you are there to help uh, train the dogs and care for the dogs. And uh, a lot of that is time-consuming, nitty-gritty work, like uh, prepping food for, uh, you know, cutting frozen blocks of meat into edible-sized patties that can, you know, spend several days uh, cutting meat, scooping their poop, making their food, prepping for races, prepping for training runs, uh, taking out some of the dogs to to run around our trail system or wherever the good trail conditions are, and uh, basically being the assistant to the musher and facilitating uh, the dog's success, the musher's success, uh, and the races that are coming up uh, each winter. How many dogs do you think there are at the Husky Homestead? Right now we have 38 dogs, and of those 38, we have nine puppies. So they are about seven months old, and the other 29 dogs are race age. Uh, Some as young as a year and a half, they likely don't make the race team unless they're really showing us some promise since we'd like to wait until they get a little older. And uh, then we got a bunch of three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, a couple seven-year-olds. Talk to us about how you keep track of all those dogs. Oh, come on. How many kids are in your class? Uh, about 75 in the whole grade. 75. Do you know all their names? Yeah. <laughs> well, how'd you learn all their names? I only got 39 to remember, and I spend every single day around them all day. And it's not like I'm working with Siberian Huskies that look pretty similar in appearance. They all have kind of unique physical traits. So it's pretty... It's pretty quick to learn the names. You know, within a week, you have them down, and you can 
tell who which dogs what just by looking at their way their tail wags. Uh, so it's not really that bad, and I'm sure that you, if, if you came and spent three days with us, by the end of it, you'd know every dog's name and what they look like. It's, it's, you know, I, I remember my class of students in high school was 250 kids, and you know the teachers knew every one of their names, and I'm thinking, well, for me, it's not that hard to remember 38 names, and they don't talk back to me as much as the kids might. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You guys are probably really great kids. Can you tell us what a typical day, work day looks for you? No one laughed at that joke. <laughs> I did. Uh, okay, good. Uh, so, typical work day, wake up, uh, get outside, before dawn, obviously, you know, uh, 8 o'clock, 8.30, and prep meal, a meal for the dogs, uh, feed, it, feed it out, clean the yard, uh, maybe straw the houses, uh, get the dogs all harnessed and bootied and hooked up on front of the sled and go on a run that can be you know anywhere from an hour to six hours and uh, get back you know out, out on the trail you're snacking the dogs watering the dogs get back off of them some water uh, take their harnesses off take their booties off let them back at their house give them a moment to relax and take a nap and feed them dinner um, maybe if it's minus 40, we'll bring in some of the dogs into our place to sleep over. Uh, and if it's really cold out, we're probably not even running the dogs. We, we'll take that as a day to cut some meat or organize our feed room, keep everything nice and clean and tidy. What about summer? How does that look? Oh, man, summer sounds pretty nice right about now. Uh, it's minus... It was minus 40 yesterday over here, and we're in Denali, uh, right near the Denali National Park. Um, it's sunny, you know, it's uh, 24 hours of light. There's uh, a lot of people that show up because we live near the National Park, and it's closed from September to April. And so not many people come and visit, but in the summer it opens up. People travel from all over the world to come and visit the park. And we open up our property to those visitors to come and learn about sled dogs, learn about the Iditarod, and learn about the Alaskan Husky breed. And uh, I have talked to them about that and uh, get to brag about these amazing dogs. As a handler, what are you doing to help Jeff prepare for the Iditarod? Well, it's preparation, you know, starts with the smallest little thing that can develop into a successful Iditarod race. Something as simple as encouraging eager eating with your eight-week-old puppies so that, you know, when they see food, they know it's time to eat. And when that translates to the Iditarod and they've learned that habit, and they're like, I don't really feel like eating, but coach says I'm supposed to eat whenever I offer food. Well, now you've got a dog trained up that will eat food when given food. Uh, and, you know, then proper working with the puppies to be happy and, and feel, you know, like they have an amazing, fun life and running around and create that kind of mindset of a happy dog. And it goes a long way, right? You want these dogs to to love where they're at and they do and uh 
you know, year to year, it's getting these dogs physically conditioned is really the most time-consuming part because, you know, you're going to run a 1,000 miles in 10 days, and we got to work up to 50-mile runs, and just getting up to 50 miles takes a couple months. And then you get up to 50 miles, and you got to do it twice. But you might go 50 miles, sleep, wake up the next day, do it again, and next thing you know, you're going 50, coming back for lunch and doing it again with the dogs. And you want to get that physical conditioning up for them, keep their body weight at a healthy weight, right? So they're not, you know, you think of a marathon runner, you know, they can be pretty lean. So you got to eat a lot of calories. They eat 10,000 calories a day during the Iditarod. So we're constantly getting them uh, meals and keeping their weight right and and then kind of work with them a little bit mentally, you know, on the process of camping out. You know, they When they go home at the end of a 50-mile run, they get to go into their house, their bed, and sometimes it's really good mental training to get them out on a run and then camp out on the trail, lay down some straw, feed them away from the home, and get them practiced with snacking in the middle of a run and eating out in the woods where they've never been before instead of thinking, oh, well, I don't have to eat now. I'll just wait till I go home. Well, if we go out on a camping trip, it works with them eating in different places. And just those little things pay off massively when you're out on the trail trying to sneak in every last drop of kibble and calories that you can into these dogs. So, yeah, that could keep going for a couple more hours, but I don't think we have that much time. What are your future plans as a musher? My future plans are uh, hopefully when I grow up I'll, I'll get a real job. But for now, I like uh, working with these dogs. I've participated in two Iditarod qualifiers. You need to run three. And uh, my third race is happening in a few days. If I finish that, I'll be qualified for the Iditarod. I hope to run it next year is you know that's my optimism is that next year i can make it happen with jeff's dogs but i also understand ultimately they're not my dogs and if it might be it might be another couple of years but my my goal is to get down that iditarod trail one day uh, and i'm at a great place to maybe be able to do it what do you have to say about jeff and the impact he has on you Oh man, I mean, I it's so crazy because I don't know how long you guys have been following the Iditarod or mushing, but I, you know, before 2016, four years ago, less than four years ago, really, I uh, really didn't know much about mushing. And Jeff had done his four Iditarod wins, his nine Cusco wins, the winningest musher in sports, and I showed up and I'm like, huh, here's Jeff. You know, I never never knew anything about him, but he's a celebrity to everybody else up here. And, you know, in these last four years, I've kind of been able to see what has made him such a uh, successful musher. And it, it's really boils down to one thing, which is the dog care. And, uh, you know, watching the dogs as they're running, wondering, you know, does it look easy for them? Are they... Uh, 
is there something that is different about the dog's body language, and if so, why? And you know, watch that dog while they're running and see if it goes away or if it continues, and and you know, learning about um, hard work. You know, how, that's the biggest thing. I'm I'm lazy, man. I grew up I grew up in a really really uh, comfortable setting, middle class, sub suburbs played tennis growing up, you know, and coming out here, I think I would like to think of the winter has hardened me a little bit, and, uh, you know, being out with Jeff on these trips to these remote places is, is just pretty special to share that time with him and, and kind of hear what's going through his head during the race. Uh, you know, I haven't learned how to be a four-time I did a champion, but I've definitely learned, um, you know, a lot of a lot of day-to-day things that help you be a, a successful musher and it really just comes down to you and your dogs and forgetting all the other distractions don't worry about who else is in racing don't worry about someone else's dogs when they rest when they run it's all about what you see in front of your sled and what those dogs need and how you can cater to their needs So then this next part of our show is what we call the lightning round. We have five questions for you to answer as fast as you can. Are you ready? Gosh, you guys make me feel more anxious than I do going into this race. Go ahead and hit me with it. <laughs> Favorite food? Oh, gosh. I'm going to go pizza. Favorite race? Cusco 300. Your favorite movie? Dumb and Dumber, Dodgeball. Favorite sport? Tennis. Favorite song? Favorite song? I'm going to go The River by Bruce Springsteen. We are asking all of our guests who are three people you feel would be great guests on our show. Raiden Brown to the office, please. Raiden Brown to the office. I think Raiden Brown would be a good start. Um, no, uh, what is this? Is like a mushing podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, but you guys are like having like a handler theme this month, or is that like generally you're always looking for handlers? It's just today. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, I think. That I'm, I had a really good time hanging out with Jessica Clayka. She's a, an Iditarod veteran. She ran her first Iditarod last year. Doing, looking to do it again this year. And uh, she's a veterinarian and super friendly, easy to talk to. Uh, Wade Mars is another person I've kind of grown grown close with over the last couple of years. He's really not uh, helpful and uh, a promising musher. He's finished in the top five of the Iditarod and. He's looking to win it one day. And I I think that I know another handler that uh, me and him have kind of had the same timeline, but he's been working with different mushers right now. He works for, for Jesse Holmes, but his name is Kelby Dillon, and he's run, looking to get his first identity qualifier uh, the same weekend as me, but with a different race, the Willow 300. And uh, me and him just... We'll see each other randomly out on the trail. 
and uh, just always like good to see you, man. And it's always quick because we got you know twelve dogs to deal with, but uh, he's a good guy. Okay, thank you for being a part of the show, and make sure to keep mushing. Good luck this weekend at the Quest. We hope to see you in the Iditarod next year. Thank you, guys. That was it was, it was fun. Thank you for having me, and uh, I, I really appreciate uh, your time. Special thanks to our guest, Sean Underwood, for being on our show this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please stop by iTunes and leave us a review. It helps us with our ratings. Also, if you have any questions, comments, or people who would like to you would like to hear on the show, email us at huskytalk1 at gmail.com. If, you hear, if we hear from you, we will you or you leave a review we will read it in the show we would also like to give credit to hobo jim for our theme song the iditarod trail song and now enjoy a clip from sean's favorite song the river by bruce springsteen